Hey there, friends. It's Nick. Okay, so for a long time, years actually, Back to the Future was my favourite movie, my favourite time travel documentary. And the reason really, I think, is just science. I was 15 when Back to the Future came out. In fact, was I 15 or 14? 85. I think I was 14. Um, and Marty McFly, the hero, was short like me. Although when you hear how short Michael J. Fox actually is, he's, he's like 5'8 or something, I think, and I'm shorter than that. Anyway, he was short like me, Marty McFly. He was uncool like me, but he still had a great-looking girlfriend. I can't remember the actress's name, but I was properly in love with her back then. Well, I, I was, I can't remember, 14 or 15 when the movie came out. And it transported me in the sense that I mentioned yesterday, when we encounter, when humans encounter great stories, stories that resonate, we become the characters. And that isn't a metaphor. Nicole Spear and, and others have shown how stories activate. They activate in our brains neural representations of visual or motor experiences. So when Marty McFly does that ever so cool flip on his skateboard, our brains are there simulating that action. You know, yesterday I was talking about John McClane running. You know, when, when we're watching someone running and we're watching Die Hard, we are simulating that action. The part of our brain is, is sort of shadowing that, the thing that we're watching. And in fact, that's how we engage and understand stories, by simulating the story world and updating our simulations of characters, of motivations, of geography, as things change in the story. And in that sense, it's just like life. And that's one of the reasons why when we're watching great stories, our brains aren't just sitting there. I mean, there's this, there's this thing I remember from my childhood and it, this, this was probably true in this sense, but I've talked about it before on the podcast on a Saturday morning, I would wind my parents up by not going outside and riding my bike, but, but going into the lounge downstairs, drawing all the curtains to make it dark and then turning on the TV and watching what I wanted to watch hours and hours of Saturday morning TV swap shop back in those days here in the UK. And maybe that my brain wasn't doing much <laughs> at that point, but certainly when we're, when we're engaged with a story, our brains are alive. They're, they're getting bathed in chemicals. You've got cortisol for stress. We've got dopamine for motivation. We've got oxytocin, which is the, the neurotransmitter, I think it is, which is, is associated with love and bonding, of course. And partly because of this, partly because of this deep engagement we have with story, studies show that they get more attention. Stories get more attention than other types of communication. They're remembered up to 12 times more than statistics. And there are loads of different studies looking at the, the way in which we are more likely to remember narrative. And the, you know, the, the results come all the way up from just a little bit more to, as I say, up to 12 times. I think that one, the 12 times statistics, uh, was in Chip and Dan Heath's great book, making, uh, make it stick, which is a brilliant book about creating memorable messages. All right. And messages that worked. And the other thing about stories, of course, is that the story actually changes the experience of the world. In 2002, 
uh, J. Bruce Mosley, who was a, an arthroscopic knee surgeon. I think he was a knee surgeon. Anyway, he operated on 165 patients in this controlled experiments. I've talked about this before. Half of them got the knee surgery they were promised. Half of them just got an anesthetic, the scar, and the belief that they'd had the operation. And in the study that followed, the relief felt by both groups was the same. I mean, this is, this is the placebo effect, but not just working on the brain stuff, which we might think is more malleable, I suppose, but actually on physical pain relief. So that's why when I tell my clients that people who tell better stories get better lives, which is really the basis of all of this stuff that I do now. I mean it literally, you know, stories are powerful and our brains take them very seriously. And tomorrow I'm going to dig into, dig into why our brains take them so seriously and what it means for us actually as, as business storytellers, as entrepreneurs, as solopreneurs, as leaders. So we'll get to that tomorrow because it's the crux really of why, why our stories mean business. Thanks for listening. If you want to dig deeper into this particularly into the, the kind of science and the implications, search online for story.business and you'll find my stuff. Thanks for listening. Bye now.